Welcome back. Woo-hoo. It's been a while. Yes. I miss you guys. I know. I know. All yeah. summer long. Yeah. So if you're just joining us, this is a Faith Worth Having podcast. Yes. And yes. we have not published since May. I think May was the last <laughs> time we've done. It is currently <laughs> August. So yes. we took the summer off. Yep. Quarter of a year. So I don't know what everybody's been doing. I traveled. I went to Europe for two weeks. Which Amsterdam. We just your guts because yeah. To to Amsterdam, Copenhagen, oh. Brussels. Had a good time. Kind of yeah. explored. Um, love their bike wielding community because I'm kind of a biker yeah. and they have all that. It was just amazing what they're That's able awesome. to do. Beautiful canals, interesting place. Um, yeah, very interesting. I have heard a few stories. <laughs> yeah, you know, they just have a different philosophy and I took like the alternative tour when I was in <laughs> Copenhagen. Like and not in Amsterdam. So Amsterdam might have actually even been, been more intriguing, but I did the one in Copenhagen and I mean, they just talked about some of their freedoms. rules. Yeah, some of their freedoms and rules as it relates yeah. to yeah. drugs and prostitution yeah. and taxes. And yeah. it really is a different world a different philosophy and I was trying to keep an open mind to just kind of figure it out as we went and it was yeah it was interesting to, to be in there <laughs> Copenhagen however is a beautiful place right. it's amazing I went there mostly because my dad mentioned it the last night I was with him in the hospital oh wow I yeah when I was in the hospital the last night that we were spent the night together in the hospital where I sat up with him I was trying to make conversation and I asked him because he's traveled the war world during World War II and after World War II for seven years he lived on a ship and I said what is the most your favorite city that you ever went to when you were in the merchant marines and right. he said Copenhagen and I was like huh. really <laughs> I didn't even remember him talking about Copenhagen I remember him talking about um he talked about Philadelphia he talked about um um uh, Portland and Seattle he talked about going in and out of I know he'd been to um, Poland, he'd been to Iraq, he'd been up in, I mean, India, lots Did of places that, that I'd heard him Did talk. Did you say that knowing you had been there? Or no, I hadn't, I hadn't been there. Oh. And so I, wow. and so I, I, you know, he was not in a position then mentally to be able to tell me why. Okay. And so like I, it, it was on my I need to go there. Yeah, and so that whole four days of the trip was kind of in honor of dad cool. and trying to see it. What was there when he was there? Why was this his favorite city? Right. What is interesting about it? Yeah. And it's, it's, I love it. yeah. And so it was, that was cool. And then Mari, you've had a big change I in did. your household. Um, we, on August 16th, we deposited our, my firstborn child. I guess that had something to do <laughs> with it. had a little bit to do our, with Our firstborn child, husband. Betsy at college. And yeah. I have to say, that um, I am pleasantly surprised. I think leading up to it was more traumatic than the actual yeah. doing of yes. it. And, um, you know, before she left, there was this panic. I have to spend every minute of her. Where is she? <laughs> Why would she leave me to go to her friend's house when she knows she's leaving in 32.8 hours? Yeah. And now she's gone. And that we're alive. And yeah, that she survived. There is a different aura to the house, and I won't say that's necessarily bad. Right. Jack's doing well. Yes. We're all doing well. Right. Betsy's happy. It's all good. What, what more can you ask for? And I think that the pall of that probably has been a cloud over my head probably since 2016. Really? Since, since yep. Beast ended. Yes. Yeah, and you knew so you had a distraction. there have been other situations in different pieces in my life that have caused me struggle. But having that rectify itself, 
made such a dramatic shift that I feel like that might have been a bigger piece to what I was going through than I thought. Right. Mm. So, yeah. so I'm feeling really good and I'm glad to be back with you guys. Good. Well, that leads right into what we're going to talk about today. So the title of the piece um, we're going to talk about today is called The Snowflake Generation. Okay. Good. Snowflake Generation. What do we want for the next generation? I've had the privilege of being a preschool teacher for over 20 years. I have known a ton of kids. And because my first class I had of a few five-year-olds, they are out of school now. So I have some of my former students that are out in the world being adults. Amazing how they have aged, grown up, and really, I've stayed the same. What a joke, right? I have my new driver's license to prove it. My picture looks like an AARP mugshot. I guess everyone is entitled to one crummy license picture. The sad thing, wait, there's one. The sad thing is that they took my picture twice. She asked me to reposition my head several times. What did the other pictures look like that they are worse than the one I currently have? Frightening, I'm sure. But back to my point. I've seen a lot of kids grow up, and things have definitely changed. I know every generation looks back, thinks they had it much worse. We walk to school barefoot, uphill and downhill both ways. Life is just different. My kiddos in my current class, um, they just wave their hands and soap appears. And the same for paper towels. And I appreciate the way the new soap dispenser helps us not waste soap. And the same for the paper towels. One swipe and there's your paper towel. Give me a break. We then we had a talent show recently, and the kids in the audience had to all quiet down so Alexis could hear them and be able to play the music needed for their next dance number. It's a strange new world. We're living at the speed of light. Screens are literally everywhere, and life is very different. Who knows what the future holds? So how do we prepare these kiddos for the crazy, changes, constant, hyper-fast life? One thing that hasn't changed is life is still hard. The unimaginable can still be right around the corner. And I believe everyone is one phone call away from a life-altering event. What is the one thing we often want to do for our kids? Well, we want to protect them. We don't want them to hurt. We don't want them to feel disappointment. We never want them to feel less than or under attack. So let's face it. If they made human bubble wrap, I know several kids that would be walking around in plastic bubble suits. Those of us who call ourselves Christians have committed to raise our kids ready to live in the kingdom, life, driven to know that life is hard. If you spend any time in the Bible, you will see the characters in the Bible go through some really crummy stuff. Their hearts are broken off and they face impossible odds. Their lives were no picnics. Sometimes we mistakenly, almost by default, teach or model that the goal is success, that the goal is good times, that the goal is ease, comfort, no difficulties ever. A chicken in every pot and a car in every garage, even if that's a three-car garage. But we know from our experience, life is not all rainbows and roses. We need to teach our kids that easy times or soft times are when life seems to flow and all that is well with those we love, that's not the goal. These times are not the end game. They are the times that we need to be getting refreshed and recharged so that we are ready for the rough times. 
We were never promised constant good times. And if you're familiar with the Gospels, you know we were promised hard times. But we're not to worry, because Jesus has overcome this world. For example, we are told, blessed are those who mourn. From Matthew 5, God blesses those who are poor and marginalized because they need him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, because they will inherit the earth. Stop and think about these. Don't just listen and think, oh, I've heard this, these verses over and over. Think about what they're really saying. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. He blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. He blesses those who are pure in heart, for they're going to see God. He blesses those who work for peace. Okay, if we're working for peace, there's got to be a problem there, right? For they're going to be called the children of God. God blesses those, here we go, persecuted for doing right. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Our kids need to know life is hard, God is good, and heaven is sure. So when tragedy does hit, and it will, and your heart is devastated for your child, know a tender heart has already walked through fire. A humble heart has known pain, disappointment, and ridicule. Brokenness in God's hand is the genesis of something wonderful. Heartaches held by the Father father become shining jewels of great worth. I get it. We all want to protect those we love. Recently, my circle of friends have gone through several unimaginable tragedies. Wave after wave, we were hit with heart-wrenching situations. Our beautiful, innocent, sweet children are not immune from these dark days. But my heart was encouraged to see their young hearts Honor a brother taken far too soon as they walk through the most unbearable fire, the unanswerable why. Yes, this generation may be labeled as snowflakes. They may have more technology at their fingertips when they were preteens than we used to use to fly a spacecraft to the moon. Others may try and create safe spaces, and still others may attempt to protect every harmful thing from coming into inches of their little princes and princes. The reality is, life is hard, bone-crushing hard, everything can turn on a dime, and walking through those moments with authentic frustration, deep sorrow expressed by those offering love and support will prepare young hearts to withstand the brutal blows that will come their way. Living out life is hard, not fair, being ridiculed, teased, never chosen, when paired with an empathetic God, showered love, a spirit is strengthened, a life is prepared, a child can grow up to thrive in this crazy, by the speed of light, living. And it's never too young to learn life is hard. That's just a fact. Blame it on Adam and his wife in the garden. But God is good. As much as it hurts, somehow, someway, God redeems it all. And the ultimate comfort for this life's greatest loss? Heaven is sure. Pitch the bubble wrap. Walk humbly with others who have been there. And you will be ready to be transformed, reclaimed, and reborn. Hmm. Thank you so much, Sue. I loved it. <laughs> um, what I was thinking about 
what we currently call currency and success in this world. I've thought lately, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could get myself to understand the truth that the currency is not money. Right. It's the words you share, the hope you right. give. It's the value you have in Christ. Right. And if I could spend my day speaking these words of truth to people, putting it out there, I could I could consider myself a success. Right. And one of the richest people in the world. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sharing that is so much more valuable, but more than anything, stories of hope. Telling them that you are already a success, even if you might be unemployed. You're a child right. of God, right. and he made you exactly how you are. And it's important to prepare kids for that. And right. That's, we, we protect right. them so much today that sometimes I fear they're yes. going to get out in the world and they're not yes. going to know how to handle the setbacks, how yes. to handle the hard stuff. And, um, you know, as a mother, a lot of times things happen and, and you get to think, oh, I'm, I'm a bad mother. You know, I messed up again. And I was in the car with Jack the other day and... And I said something, and I, I was talking to him about a feeling I was having. I, he said, are you okay? And I was talking to him, and I said something. And he said, well, that's a lie of the devil. Oh, and, Jack. And, well, the thing that it was twofold. First of all, yes. Um, I'm trying to see here what else. Okay. Well, let's, hey, let's let yeah. Rhonda jump in here. Yeah, She's with kids all the time. Yeah, you tell me. Well, my, my thing is kids are much more resilient and better problem solvers than we give them credit for but they won't do it unless know. they need to <laughs> or or, or it's something they really really want i have yes. students that are like i don't know how to do this or i had a problem yeah. with this game i had to go on i'm like if you had a party that you really wanted to go to, you would have figured out how to do both. They're so creative. But the problem is you didn't really want to do this, and so you figured out a reason not to. And and so there's some real truth to that. Plus, but I do think we sometimes handicap our kids. I was talking to a friend the other day, and one of the, we were talking about getting kids to and from the school. Schools aren't built nowadays for kids to be able to walk to. Very few of them are. Oh, interesting. They're not even built with, you know, safe sidewalks and places oh, to get through, yeah, that, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. and Westfield is better than some because we've right. got a lot of trails and stuff like that. But kids a block, two blocks from the school okay. have a bus stop. Wow. wow. And when I was a child, you had to live at least <laughs> a mile. I know. Yeah, I'm really showing my age. <laughs> you had to live uh, an, I think a mile and a half from the school right. to wow. be able to get a bus stop. Right. And there was one, when I was in second grade, we moved to the house place my parents currently live, and we were within that bubble. Mm -hmm. But it was literally a two-lane highway without a sidewalk if I had had walked. There was no way you could walk. And so they did this deal with the city that we actually rode a city bus, not a school bus, a city bus that we picked up going, moving from where we were getting on the city bus, and the city bus dropped it off like a school bus did. I'm sure it's not legal nowadays. But they didn't stop. They didn't have the arms. They didn't have the flashing lights. You know, it was one of those. It was literally a bus. You got off across the street on my own, second grade. And, and, you know. Your mom would be arrested today. Yeah. Yes, they would. (laughs) That's true. And, you know, kindergarten and first grade, I walked to school. I walked to school kindergarten and first grade. Now, I had siblings, and I walked with siblings, or 
kindergarten was one of those half day things. So mom walked me to, right. and my sister helped walk me from. Right. But my sister was what fifth, sixth grade. Right. And yeah, and but kids don't do that today. There right. isn't the independence. Right. Seven years old, we move into this new house. And within a month, I'm on my bike traveling the whole neighborhood. Our city rules, at least by the time I was eight, going into third grade, was you come in when the streetlights come in. Yeah. Did come you have on. A bell? Some of my friends had a bell. No, and my parents weren't good whistlers either. So <laughs> oh. some of the some of the I'm like my my friend down the street, her her dad was a really good whistler, and so ah. you could hear that dad whistle from anywhere. Right. But our thing, there was about a four block radius that I was total could go anywhere I wanted to within those four blocks. They didn't worry about it. I was up at the park right i you know i walk up there and it was fine yeah we don't have that kind of independence today right and like you said they get caught up on charges if they did it'd be right. crazy and the bottom line is that kids it's okay for kids to be prepared for hard things to happen for life to be tough for for changes to come especially as christians mm-hmm. and i think sometimes we christian parents can be the worst at coddling mm-hmm. um because we feel like the big bad world is out there they have to be able to thrive out there that's the yeah. more we're going to send them out there at some point, just like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just super important that we not try to wrap them up in bubble wrap. Yes. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. It is. Wow. It's hard. All right. All right. Okay. Well, this ends our 21st episode really? of Faith Worth Having. Cool. And um, so you can follow us on iTunes. Leave us a uh, leave us a comment so we know you're listening. That helps us a lot. Um, and we are on um, SoundCloud, so that's where we're also housed. And you, and you can also house also on the website. And you need to thank yeah Rhonda for all the technology of yes, the podcast. She does everything. We just show up, and then Mari does everything on the um, the. Website, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I just Mari, don't show. tap your microphone while you're talking. Just saying, you Thank freaked you. me out three times this time, I and, and I, I can't edit it. that out. I felt it because I do these weird hand gestures to my chest when I'm so making an important point. Yes, of yeah. course. Yes. And we, right. we may try some other bikes later. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. bye guys. Bye. Yeah. Thanks for thanks Thank for you. listening. Bye.